It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Joining us right now, making this Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show debut, a pretty good friend of mine, Fox analyst, Cleveland native, John Fanta. John, what's going on, man? Guys, it's great to be with you. It's great to be on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show for the first time. I love your guys' work. I love what you're doing in Cleveland. It's unlike any content that the city sports scene has. So it's a thrill to be with all of you. John, we appreciate you taking some time. We'll get into the real stuff first, but I see you got a mini basketball hoop over your right shoulder there. John, how many times a day do you walk past that, take a shot, dunk, and and yell Kobe? If it's under 10, I'm disappointed (laughs) in you. Well, you know, I love the Mamba mentality, and I love Kobe Bryant. But for me, all I hear is a PA announcer saying Z for Zadrunas Ogaskis. That's my childhood. That's so I, I try to – I always tried growing up to mimic the Ogaskis. It, it looked like it was in slow motion. The baseline jumper from 15 feet away that seemingly <laughs> always went in. I will never forget when Zadrunas Ogaskis – Jason Lloyd, correct me if I'm wrong. He hit three threes in Sacramento – in a game, LeBron era, uh, and 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 Fred McLeod and Austin Carr are on the call, and Ogaskis just goes off in the second half and ends up canning three triples. The game was well out of reach, but I love Big Z. Uh, he used to go to Mitchell's Tavern. I grew up in Westlake. That guy would house like a dozen and a half wings, and <laughs> he was the nicest. He's, he was the nicest guy in the world to everybody. Wonderful, wonderful human being. I know Z fairly well he's great he's a great guy do he be there all the time is he still with the organization z no not uh, not an official capacity. okay okay because i know he was doing some stuff before like a little bit yeah he yeah. he he's not made for front office type role <laughs> yeah not in that organization yeah, he's not doing that. so john but right before you came on we were talking about the Cavs and some of their their current roster construction they currently have two bigs who at the moment today would be considered non-shooters do you see a fix within this current roster we were talking about maybe or hopefully having Evan Mobley develop a jump shot that could kind of unlock this team's offensive potential? Or do you believe it has to come from someone outside, whether it be free agency or a trade? So it's funny because I, I, I could relate to Jason before when you guys were talking about this situation of that when we're talking about these hypotheticals and scenarios, uh, as I talked about yesterday on a, on a different show, Sometimes your words can get taken as either something that you know or or, or basis that you've got. Uh, I, I'll give my opinion. I think that it's got to come away from the roster. Uh, I don't think that the Cavaliers can fix their problems and be a team that has a chance to contend for a championship with their current roster construction, which obviously the fans agree with today. I also don't think that they should get ripped apart or torn down by any means or overly criticized for the way that Kobe Altman and Mike Ganzi and his team, their their team, have constructed their roster. I don't think in any way anybody should be overly critical of how the Cavaliers have constructed this team. Part of the nature of the roster that they have with nine players under the age of 25 is that you you've got a team that's learning on the fly that's developing on the fly and that's relying on growth now the question i have heading into this season the two questions i have are number one after you got embarrassed by the new york knicks you got embarrassed by the new york knicks if the regular season is diminished in its value, which I think we all agree that it is, mm-hmm. and the playoffs is what it's all about, which it should be, how do you become a legitimate threat to win the Eastern Conference? If you're not thinking that way, I don't know why you're doing it then. Because you were just in a 4-5 series. You were the 4 seed. 
You got beaten five games. That, that was a bigger alarm to me than I think the Cavaliers front office made it to be when the season ended. They, they gave front office speak. That's what they did. I don't mind them for that. I'm not going to blame them for that. We hear that every day in Berea. It's going to happen. Uh, over with the Cleveland Browns. It's going to happen. You, you hear it with the Guardians. You hear it with any professional organization. But if they don't go out and make a move of significance or moves of significance, I'm sorry. When has running it back worked really well in the NBA? In the NBA where there's a totally different season within the year. That is the off season where you've got to improve your roster. How do they do that? They've got a conundrum there. But it's why I've had the opinion where I think, I think, I don't I don't think Donovan Mitchell's going to be here a long, long time, okay? I think there's a window open for the Cavs to keep building towards a title. Like, isn't that the way that they should be thinking? If you're the four seed in the East, shouldn't you be thinking about how can we get up into the top three? How can we make the next move? That next move doesn't happen with the guys you currently have. I do think that it comes down to more than just natural development. I think it's going to come down to reeling in a piece or two and potentially doing something that might ruffle some feathers in the moment, but I wouldn't blame them if they tried to do something different because I got to tell you guys, in the NBA, this is not a four- to six-year type of thing, a three- to five-year let's-wait-and-see. That's not this league. Teams get better overnight. Teams go for that championship. So now I'm wondering if the Cavaliers, what they're thinking behind closed doors of, okay, how do we build on this with the core that we've got, and how do we go for it? You know, John, I'll, I'll let you know. I, I agree with you. Like, for me, I, I'm I, the way I like to talk about things, I'm aggressive. Like, I don't got no time. I'm 41. I don't got time to be waiting three, four years for nobody. Um, and to be honest, you're, you are correct. Every single year, these guys in offseason are getting better or you're either getting worse or, you, or, you, or you're getting better. And so from my standpoint, um, I do think um, that they would question and go back and, and really rethink the Donovan Mitchell trade. If you go back to last year, do you think that they have some, I wouldn't say buyer's remorse, but do you think that they would think about that trade uh, 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 a little bit differently because of the way the season ended up last year and kind of the restraints they put, they put on the organization. I don't think so because I don't think that you're the four seed in the Eastern conference without getting him. Uh, and I do think that this season they did take major steps. I mean, are you going to have remorse for getting a guy who look at, look at the numbers? I mean, y- you can't argue with that. He sets a franchise single-game record for points scored. Now, to, to be able to do what he does consistently is fantastic. Uh, but the consistency hasn't translated to the most important time of year. Now, in fairness, in fairness, part of Donovan Mitchell's career arc is for him to be able to figure that out. And maybe in year one, playing with Darius Garland and, and playing with this new group of players maybe year two means that there's a better opportunity to figure those things out but i i'm not going to be critical of the cavaliers going for a guy who i think is a top five bucket getter in the nba i i really do believe that uh if you want to criticize him for his lack of postseason success i'm not going to say that's unfair i don't think anybody would say that's unfair but when they had the opportunity to get donovan mitchell there was a group of, of followers and people uh, that are fans um, that said, well, I really like Colin Sexton. Uh, I, I think we can build around him you know, or, or build with him, rather. Uh, I'm sorry, but you're not going to, to keep a guy like that if you have the opportunity to get Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchells don't grow on trees. Like they, they, they don't just grow on trees. They're, you can't just, in Cleveland, you can't just, have your chance to get a player that good every offseason. It's not there unless you're doing something just be, beyond bold or, or something crazy with your team or, or, or there's, a, there's a terrible breakup or something like that. Like, there are certain circumstances that had to fit in 
for the Cavs to even have the opportunity to get Donovan Mitchell. So I don't regret that at all. They should have no remorse for getting Donovan Mitchell. To me, this is more than just a Donovan Mitchell problem. They don't have a bench. They, they, they do not possess a bench. I mean, if you look at these other playoff teams, look at how the Miami Heat made a run, albeit improbable. I get it. I know it was surprising. They had a bench. They had depth. They had Gabe Vincent. They had Caleb Martin. They had Max Struess come up and hit shots. The Cavaliers don't have that. Like, let's not lie to ourselves here. If you think Chetty Osman's going to be on a team that makes a deep, deep Eastern Conference playoffs run, you're sorely mistaken. And it's not to put him down. It's just, let's we got to look at the reality of the picture here. The Cavs are not deep. They have a depth problem. And in a playoff series, that matters. The Knicks had more depth. They had more toughness. And that's why they totally wore the Cavaliers down. So I do think that there's things that need fixing. Uh, I, 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 again... I would just say the Cavs got humiliated by the New York Knicks. I don't think that that front office feels any good about where they might tell us that they do, but they got to be pissed off with the way this season ended because it, it washed away the opportunity to fully validate a 51 win regular season. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. John, my man, I want to play off of that. So I heard you yesterday on another local uh, sports radio talk station. And me and you share the same sentiments. I think I text you about it. The Cavaliers overall as a team is soft. And when you're soft as a team and you've been exposed as soft by the rest of the league, it is really tough to run it back. But when you go to acquire talent going forward, you just can't outright ask a player, you know, do you have toughness? So in your opinion, how can they, how can they get over that hump of finding guys to fit the mold of being tough, both physically and mentally, going forward? It's a great question, Earl. And I guess you sit here and say, all right, well, if we did get a top four seed in the Eastern Conference and we did win 51 games, is there something or someone internally that that toughness can continually come from? And, and you know, I, I don't know the exact answer to that question, but I, I, I do think that you've got to be strategic in what you do. I, 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 I understand what – I thought Jason before – I came on, they made the point of just talking about the potential of, of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley and how that dynamic works and the scenarios that could come up with, with potentially making a deal or doing something with Allen. I mean, those are all obviously things that, that could pop up in our, our, our hypotheticals. But, like, I, I just – here's my thing. All right, here's my course of logic with, with, with this, Earl, and, and you guys tell me if, if I'm wrong. You don't have depth. Uh, there's not a whole lot to fear coming in off the bench. You've got a core four, but you you don't have a great team. To me, do you have to potentially break off one of those core four to make the team better? I, I think that that's what's going to end up having to happen. And I also think that Jared Allen and Evan Mobley works for the period of time you brought up the regular season. I don't think it works in the playoffs. And I think the fact that it doesn't work in the playoffs means the writing's on the wall. I love Evan Mobley. Uh, I don't think he, he's touchable at all. I think he's got a terrific upside. I think his combination of athleticism and explosiveness is really special. And the motor speaks for itself. I, I really like this kid. I think he's only going to continue to get better. Uh, but I do think that I, I think there's such a thing as, and, and this is kind of how I view the, the Cavs as a whole. 
they've got some pieces that have helped them get to a really nice point. All right? That, that's a good thing. It's a positive thing. It's not a loss. It's an organizational win. They were in the darkness for a couple of years. Not a long time after LeBron James. I mean, we should, Cavaliers fans should be grateful that they've got winning basketball in this town. It didn't take them 10 years to figure stuff out or seven years to figure stuff out. I mean, they've, they've, they've developed a, a plan, and the plan has gone well. But sometimes the guys who helped you get on the map might not be the ones to elevate your franchise to the next runs of the ladder. That sometimes is hard to swallow because those guys did help you get to a certain point. But like any great company that's trying to evolve, you might have to rip some Band-Aids off and take an educated risk. I, I don't think it's going to come this offseason. I, 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 I don't think that the chances are high of that. But you might end up having to do that at some point because if you don't do that at some point, your window could close. Here's the argument I guess I would make for not making major changes and running it back. And I know I just got done saying maybe at the trade deadline you have to make a move. But the Denver Nuggets did pretty well for themselves by staying the course yeah. and staying patient. They didn't have – they and they were a young team that kind of grew together, Jamal Murray and Jokic, and let them grow together and figure things out. And the Cavs are so young, and they sort of emerged quicker than we thought that they would. They went from – really really bad to pretty good pretty quickly and yeah. and that i think and then the mitchell trade i think skews the timeline and that you know they did to themselves and i agree with you i don't think they regret the trade i don't think it was a bad trade but that certainly speeds up the clock but i think that there's something to be said for you just have to let this thing you have to let these guys mature and you have to let this play out denver went from i think it was like 46 47 48 win team to 53 in a championship and Jokic is in year eight eight Murray's in year seven. six, seven. One year after, yeah. So, you know, we're talking about Evan Mobley, who's going into year three, and Darius is going into year four. We want it like that. But sometimes it just doesn't happen that way. I don't know if there's a question in there. It was just a rebuttal, I guess. No, I, I think it's a, this is a great debate. I mean, I, I think, and Jason, you've been around the league long enough to know that these, these processes have different results. I mean, the Nuggets case is a refreshing one. They did stay patient. Jamal Murray was crying at one point, thinking he might not be a part of the Denver Nuggets when he tore his ACL. They kept faith in him. Yeah. They kept faith They kept faith that he would be a great player. Still, after the torn ACL, a confident player, a leader. You know, I would say that, and, and I did bring up on a local program yesterday the possibility of, of, that I wouldn't be surprised if they did something bold. And honestly, I, I it was a take. It was an opinion. Um, Jason, the the guy who hosts that program, he knows how to get people in trouble quickly. Um, I'm just I, think it's, I think it's batshit crazy to think they're trading Darius. I don't think it's happening. It's batshit crazy. <laughs> I, I think that's crazy. I, I mean, the more I think about it, the more I, I look at it, you know, it's, it's outlandish. There's no question about it. Um, you know, and it wasn't a t honestly. It was a take at eight seventeen a.m. that uh, you know that it's early in the morning and you're th and you're thinking through things and you start throwing out the here. Here's my thought though. Okay, so here's my rebuttal to the rebuttal. What happens if ten months from now the same stuff happens, the s the same result occurs? What a first round playoff loss. Yep. But you're trading Donovan Mitchell. Well, you're trading Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And you're recouping whatever you can for him. And you're going forward with Darius and Evan as the core pieces to this team. And I'm, possibly Jared Allen. And how many years does that set you back? I don't know if it sets you back. You still got two really good pieces in Darius and Evan Mobley that a lot of under, teams are under the league. contract for at least with three no years. picks. That a lot of league. But you get picks back. From but Mitchell, you're going to recoup from Donovan right. some of oh, what you lost. Oh, oh so you're getting picks back too. I mean, I don't think Who you're going to get four picks, but you're going to get picks. I mean, it's impossible yet. to – it's impossible to know. But if you want to go the picks route, yes, you're going to get picks back. If you want to go the player route, you can probably get some sort of player back. I, I have no idea. We're trying to project something out now that's 12 months out, 11 months out. But if they lose in the first round again next year, there's probably a lot of people getting fired and Donovan's getting, and Donovan's yeah. getting traded because he's got a year left on his contract. He's not coming back. 
yet. So I guess the, the, go ahead. No, 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 no. You go. I got, I got a next question to take this off this, but you finished out here. Yeah, Plus, I, they look. don't have moves to make. Right. Like that's the other thing. <laughs> like that. Right. If they had all this cap space, or they had, you know, young players under contract that other teams would want, or something like that, you know, maybe you're having a different conversation. You have other picks to trade. They opened the cabinets and they threw everything at the Utah to get mm. Donovan. There's mm. nothing left. There's nothing left. And maybe they can swing a sign and trade for one of these guys who's going to be over the mid-level. Maybe. But they're just – they are so limited in what they can do. I just don't think it's realistic to think that there's a big swing out there for them to make because they they made it last year. And, it's, and teams very rarely have the opportunity to make big swings like that in consecutive off-seasons. It's just because of the assets that it takes to get it done. Right. Uh, uh, unless you swing one of the big assets – and do something out of the way out of the box, which I mean, I, I, all signs points them not doing that. I'm not saying, you know, that they should do that. I think yesterday my point was if because we were, we were talking about it and we're talking about it now. How do you change this team? Like Mike started the discussion by saying, does it come from within or does it have to come externally? Honestly, like I, I don't know if I'm the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. The next season, I want to contend for a title. I, yeah. Am I, am I? I don't know if this. I don't consider this team a title contender as they're currently constructed next year. Hey man, listen. I tell you like this, man. Stand on what you stand on. For me, it ain't too many players in the NBA who 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 can't get traded. I'm sorry, Darius Garland. You're a nice ball player. Darius Garland is not first team all NBA nothing. Let's be real. We like him. He's our guy. We got a affinity for our guy, but I'm not going to sit up here and act like this dude is the second coming at uh, 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 Steph Curry, Allen Iverson. No, bro. Like if I'm trying to, I'm looking at a general manager for the Cleveland Cavaliers has to look at every opportunity to turn over a leaf to get him over the hump because you paid a boatload of picks and assets for Donovan Mitchell. So everybody on the table, everybody on the table. I'm sorry. Just keep it real. Hey, in real life, I'm on the table. You on the table. McNuggets on the table. Yeah. Jason ain't on the table. He on the company, but it's all good. <laughs> well, that, that actually leads right to my next question, John. Outside of being a Cleveland diehard, you do a lot of your work in the college basketball realm. And you watch more and know more about college basketball than maybe anyone we've ever had on this show. We, we realize college basketball in Cleveland doesn't mesh as, as well as Cleveland Browns and Cleveland fans do. So I'm in the middle of a deep dive into Imani Bates. G has watched, he says, 30 games of his. I know you know college basketball better than 30 kind of steep. 30. I, I said about 15, McNuggets. Oh, sorry, you got trouble. 15. All right. So between oh, those no. two, we, I, I'm halfway through <laughs> my deep dive. But, John, you, you call games on the Big East. You are in the college <laughs> basketball world. You've seen Imani Bates for two seasons now, his first season at Memphis, his second season at Eastern Michigan. I, I haven't heard you give your thoughts on Imani Bates, but what do you think of the Cavs pick at 49? So it's a pick that makes sense in the position they were in in the draft. At 49, this was not a particularly great draft class. Uh, and, and, and in any draft class, when you have the 49th pick, if your pick is past 45, there are a ton of agents and players that are starting to call people being like, we don't want to get drafted. We've got a team lined up post-draft that we got an invite from. We, we'd much rather be in that setting. That's a very real thing late in the draft. At 49, the Cavaliers are in a position where, what do you have to do? Well, if, if you're going to do anything in that spot that's that could produce value, uh, and, and I know everybody out there is like, well, Nikola Jokic, Nicole, there's only one. Okay, there was only one Nikola Jokic. There's only one Taco Bell commercial pick that pans out to that. Let's, let's, let's be honest here. We can't compare him and that pick and the commercial running. We've heard that like 70 times. The big quesarito, uh, baby. I love my quesaritos. I've had too many to count. Having said this, uh, you know, you can't – we can't get into the world of, uh, of, of, you know, comparing and contrasting and all that. Here's the thing with Imani Bates. He's six foot ten. His length and playmaking are things that stand out. They're, they've got potential. When you can combine that frame and that length with the ability to handle the ball and score, okay, I, I could see the projectable. I could see why you picked him 49. Now let's talk about why he was 49. 
he has been criticized for kind of being lazy at times, uh, being focused on himself, mm-hmm. not really being a particularly great teammate, uh, not looking for the right basketball play, but looking for the play that helps Imani. Now, here's the thing. He's not coming into this organization and contributing this upcoming year. Uh, anything that he did this upcoming year would be surprising to me, uh, and I think it would be it, it would be surprising to people in NBA circles, that's for sure. Uh, NBA circles, frankly, don't love Imani Bates uh, and don't see how he pans out. But, but, what do the Cavaliers have that not every NBA organization has? They've got great people running their ship. They've got stability. They've got a, a program and um, a connection. And locally, I mean, their, their G League team plays, what, right next door. They've got the connection to potentially groom a project like this and make him a better basketball player who makes smarter basketball decisions, who becomes more mature. He, he's got the, the potential. I mean, there, that's there. I don't think it's at the – it's nowhere close to the degree as where it was when this kid was 15 years old. That was unfair. The Sports Illustrated article that he could be the next Durant, we should never call a 15-year-old that. I mean, mm-hmm. not to get preachy, but it's not fair to a 15-year-old in today's climate because if they ever have failure, look at today's era of social media. Kid, kid has gotten torn apart the last two, three, four years of his life. Kid has gotten criticized. He's brought some of it upon himself. You know, charges were dropped, but he had things that were away from the basketball floor that that ended up causing him some trouble and caused some drama behind the scenes. But, you know, he could not find his footing at Memphis. He ends up at Eastern Michigan. And frankly, Eastern Michigan was a better team when Imani Bates was off the floor than when he was on it. So I get the idea of Imani Bates. I don't blame the Cavaliers at all for picking him at number 49. But let's be real here there's a better chance that this doesn't pan out than it does. But that happens a lot of times when you're making a late draft pick. The pick made sense. We'll see if Imani Bates' development does too. We got time for one more here, John and G. Oh, listen, well, we didn't even get to the Guardians. Like, we, I wanted to talk to you a little about little Guardians. Um, you know, you take a look at this, uh, you know, three young prospects. Um, we talk about uh, Shane Bieber and whether or not he's going to be moved um, you know, are you of the uh, thought process that you keep Shane Bieber? Uh, you don't trade him this year. It's almost like the Donovan Mitchell effect, <laughs> but it's the Shane Bieber effect. Like, are you going to get it what you get for him? Are you going to keep him? Are you going to, where are you, where do you land on, on Shane Bieber? Um, now that the guardians are technically in first place by a slim margin. I know I, you know, it's, it's interesting because we're talking about a, a first place baseball team that, that is under 500. And, and frankly, has a little shot to win a, a World Series. I mean, I understand the the arguments out there of of well, you know, um, look at baseball and qualifying for October and just get a ticket, just get a ticket to the postseason, and you never know what can happen, guys. That's not baseball this year. I mean, it just isn't. There's. I was reading a tweet last night from a guy who covers the sport nationally. He's like, the great thing about this season is there's like four fan bases that are happy with their team. Like right now there isn't, there's not parody this year in the sport. You look at the start, start that Tampa Bay got off to. If you look at the, the whole American league East division versus the central, I mean, the, the American league has seven teams that are under 500, five of them, all five from the AL central make up, out of the seven teams in the American League that are under 500, you, you got to be, you got to look at the, the writing on the wall. They can't pay Shane Bieber. Could they still win the American League Central without Shane Bieber? Yes, they could. They they could do that. Uh, this division is not very good, and the Guardians still have talent. They've got they've got talent, and they've got developing talent. And I'd like to see them do some things in their outfield a little bit differently. I'm done with the Miles Straw experiment. I know that that show's had plenty of that on here already. I don't need to go on a tangent uh, off, off that somewhere. Someone's ears are ringing, and we all know who. Uh, but I, I think that they can trade Shane Bieber. I think they should train, trade Shane Bieber because 
I just I think you got to be real for the now, and you could get some ready now talent potentially. You can also build up your farm even more. You can look towards the future, and I still think you're going to have a competitive enough team to be able to to make a run. The, the biggest factors for this team to keep up their recent play, they're seven and three in their last ten. They're fourteen and eight since June the third. Are they've got to have offensive versatility? Andreas Semenis has got to keep hitting. Can they get Josh Bell going a little bit more? Because it's been it, it's 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 not been great thus far. But I, I think you got to trade Shane Bieber. I think it's the right thing to do. It's the best. It's in the best interest of the organization to do so. I hate it. I know it's part of the, the climate. I know it's things that we don't like. But I think again uh, that it's it's sometimes what you have to do for your organization's best interest. They could still win this division. I think they will win this division. But I think it's the best move uh, for the Guardians and their present and future. That is John Fanta, college basketball extraordinaire, Cleveland native and diehard, making his debut on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. The first but not the last, John, we appreciate you taking this time to hang out with us today. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Fellas, thank you for having me. Have a happy fourth, Cleveland. Awesome. Right. That was John Fanta. We're going to pivot now to a little Browns talk, and this is something that we have had a back-and-forth with relationship over the last at least a couple weeks, maybe going on a month now, but the DeAndre Hopkins saga, it was reported yesterday, Sal Palantonio, who was on ESPN Radio, not in Cleveland, just nationally, said that the Browns are still lurking for DeAndre Hopkins. And then a few hours later, Albert Breer came out and said the Browns are content with their wide receiver core and they will not be pursuing DeAndre Hopkins. Mary Kay Cabot came on the radio this morning and doubled down on that, saying you could take it to the bank. Hopkins will not be a Brown. Jason G, who wants to start, like it, love it, hate it. DeAndre Hopkins, Browns, the rumors officially appear to be squashed. Man, we, listen, you know, I, I, you know, I, sometimes, but I'm not tired of the rumors. I'll, I'll take the rumors. You know why? Because there was a point in time when it was garbage to a point. Nobody wasn't being rumored to come to Cleveland at all. No one cared. Like, you was not getting free agents. Nobody was coming for trades. So, yeah, I, I'll take it. I've always said, like, look, man. You know, if DeAndre Hopkins wanted to, to show up to Cleveland and, and be a part of it, like, we got the bag, pull up. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like when you was in high school. Like, look, when I was a freshman, you, you know what I'm saying? Back then, y'all didn't want me. I got hot. I'm a junior now. I sure, I get buckets. We good. The Browns used to be that lowly little program, and people never mess with it. At the end of the day now, we got ball players around. We got Deshaun Watson. We got Chubb. We got we got Miles Garrett. We got Zadarius. Uh, uh, you know, we got guys that could play play the game. Amari Cooper. So it's not like we're begging you to show up. Like if you wanted, if he wanted, wanted to be here, he got the plug with Deshaun Watson. We got the cap space. He know what our roster looked like. At the end of the day, I just feel like DeAndre Hopkins needs to make up his mind where he want to go. Because at the end of the day. The Patriots are interested in it, interested in them. They just, I, I think they gave Devontae uh, Adams some money. Parker. Parker, excuse me, Devontae Adams. I'm sorry. It's a different, it's a major different than Devontae's. But I will say this. He, he needs to just figure out where he wants to go because I think he wants a bigger market than it is out there. Like, and, and people start to feel like, well, you're trying to get, you know, raise the price a little bit. And that's what you should be doing. But at the end of the day, if he wanted to come, he can come. Like, the, the offer might be still there, but I'm not tripping on it either way. What up, bro? Gee, I got to give you some pushback on that because I think you're viewing it as DeAndre Hopkins told the Browns now, told the Browns no, but it sounds like to me that this is a situation to where Andrew Berry is saying, no, I'm cool on this. I don't want to go this route. And, it's, and if that's the case, is Andrew Berry making the right decision? I actually have an issue with this. And you touched on it yesterday, Earl. The only – known factor in the receiver room is Amari Cooper. Everyone else is potential. Elijah Moore could be really good. We just haven't seen it yet. DPJ is a solid receiver. We don't know. I think this is an all-in year for the Browns. We've talked about it. If they get off to a bad start, I think Stefanski's gone. I think a lot of guys are getting fired, and this could turn into a situation where a lot of the guys that we've come accustomed to seeing in a Cleveland Browns uniform are not there. In an all-in year, in an AFC as loaded as it is top to bottom, where there are 10 teams who I think legitimately could be in contention for a playoff spot, I think Hopkins, at minimum, is the difference in at least one win. Do you guys think that's crazy? No, I think Hopkins crazy. is no. the minimum difference of that one win. That minimum. ain't crazy. That ain't crazy. A game where he goes off, dominates, has two touchdowns, and we look back and say, hey, DeAndre Hopkins was the X factor in this game that allowed us to win. And in a crowded AFC, 
one win is the difference between going nine and nine and eight, ten and seven, eleven and six. And I think there's going to be six, seven teams in that range where one difference is the spot of making the playoffs or sitting home in January. We, we, and they're all in. Like, at this point, why not take that last step and we, go all We've kind of seen how they handle it, though. Like, this reminds me of the way they, they, they handed Clowney, handled Clowney the first year. Clowney wanted a, a little bit more money, and they said, well, look, we, we got the 11-12 for you here, right? We would like to have you back. It's up to you for your agent to figure out where you want to go. At, to, at this point, if you're looking at DeAndre Hopkins and you're looking at the, the, the way things are looking, you'd be a fool not to say that your best look is not in Cleveland with a quarterback you already played with, with a team that got a running game and a nice offensive line and a defense. Like, so you have to think about what does he really want? Like, if, you, if I'm looking at the roster and the money is relatively the same and I'm looking at the Patriots with Mac Jones or I'm looking at Deshaun Watson, like or the Titans with nobody. Or the Titans. Those with are the three alleged finalists. So so okay, you could go play for them, but then I'm starting to think that you just want the rock, or you just want you yeah. know be the guy, or you're not really into winning. Like I always say, listen, we assume everybody wants to win. We assume winning is on the top of everybody's pecking order. But I don't know, Jason. Um if the money is there and it's available and he ain't taking it or he don't want to visit, like I can't make him do it, right? I mean, I've said all along, if Deshaun wants him here and he wants to be here, they're, they're going to figure it out. This kind of tells me that I don't know if he's really a high priority for Deshaun. Like, yeah. let's be honest about it. If Deshaun pounded the table and said, I want him, go get him. He'd be here. It's going to be hard to, to dismiss that, given the voice, the position he plays, and the contract that he holds. So I just I, – I, is he better than David Bell? Yeah, he's better than David Bell. Like, he could be an upgrade for a lot of teams in terms of – the receiver room, but not everyone's pursuing him. And there is the, the rollover factor of the cap. There is trying to preserve space because of what's coming ahead. Every team has to have one eye on today and one eye on tomorrow. We saw it last year with Garoppolo. I think that's why they didn't pursue Garoppolo was all the money that they could roll yeah. over into, into this year, which allowed them to do certain things and not pursuing hop. Although I don't think it's going to be a very big number the way, as long as this is going, maybe we're surprised and some team writes a big check for him. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of ambivalent on the whole thing. One I way just, or the other. I said from the beginning, I didn't think there was anything Cleveland could do extra to attract DeAndre Hopkins to the Browns. Like, if he wanted to play with Deshaun Watson, if he wanted to be a Brown, he would have been a Brown. Yeah. I didn't think there was any financial number amount they would have offered that would change him from being like, oh, I'd rather go to New England than Cleveland. Because I think the money's going to be the same. I just don't get, and I'm actually aligned with Earl on this one. To me, it sounds like this is Andrew Barry saying, I like Moore, I like DPJ, I like Bell, I like the rest of the guys in the room. Tillman, outside Cooper, obviously Cooper's an established number one, that I don't think we need him. And my point is, this AFC is so freaking loaded, top to bottom. Literally, you have the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, the Browns, the Ravens, the Steelers are competitive, the whole AFC East, all four teams are there. You have Jacksonville, like, that's 10 teams. I think I should count on 11. 11 teams that are be fighting for seven spots. And this is a year. If this was last year for the Browns, to be like, okay, it's year one of Deshaun Watson. You still have a lot of guys who, whose contracts are not at their tipping point. Maybe you don't need them. You see how this year goes. Then next year we go all in. I think this is an all-in season for Cleveland. I, I, it is. In my opinion, it's an all-in year for Cleveland. And if you're all-in, you're all-in. You can't be 85% all-in. If you're all-in, go get DeAndre Hopkins. Make him an offer he can't say no to. Because I do think, at minimum, he's the difference in one win. And one win's the difference of us saying, who's going to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns next year? And saying, hey, Kevin Stefanski took us to the second round of the AFC playoffs. Give the man a 10-year It's extension. a fair point. There's jobs on the line this year. And, and they all know it. I, you know, I'm the, I'm the six-game captain. I said, bro, at the last year, I said, you punted last year. You got six games. That's all you got. I'm not dealing with it. I can't do it no more. Here's the reality of it, though. You know how you work with somebody, and I'm not saying this, this is, you know how you work with somebody a little bit, and you might be working with them, and you don't really never come out and say it, but like, man, he's kind of difficult to work with, because you just... You no, just, I say it. Anthony's a pain in the ass. Yeah, answer. like, you know, you just... But you don't, be, you, don't, you don't got it out in the public. So, <laughs> we don't Anthony. know... We don't know Deshaun Watson, the quarterback, and for the most part, Deshaun Watson don't say nothing controversial, like, to be truthful. It's not like he was gonna come out and be like, "Yo, I think I think I like DeAndre, I like D Hop, but he was kind of washed." Right. Yeah. He's not gonna say no. that. 
He's just no. gonna put the cape on and say, "Yeah, get my guy," and then behind closed doors, like, "Nah, he ain't really got much." Like, we might as well roll with DP because, like, I give you credit. It is what it is. If he really wanted him, name name me one quarterback that 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 make that much money that did not get. Aaron Rodgers just brought seven of his Green Bay Packers washed up teammates <laughs> to New York. Washed. But actually, you just you just made me think of something. And Jason, to your point. I'm going to do a little spin zone here, pro Browns fans. Ready? <laughs> Maybe Watson's in there saying, hey, DPJ is a freaking baller. Yeah, like and, he and, might. And he might be like, listen, he was my favorite target in certain scramble situations last year. I know that's not his typical makeup, but guess what? We had developed this chemistry. And, yeah, DeHaas, my guy, I love him, but I, I want DPJ in the field. And if we bring in Hopkins and DPJ's not there, I'm not saying that's happening. But maybe that is the conversation Watson's having with Stefanski and Barry behind scenes that we're not privy to that we look at it and say, well, D-Hop's an upgrade over DPJ, bring him in. But Watson on the back end's like, nah, DPJ's my guy. And Watson gonna be held accountable for that too. What's up, bro? Well, I think for me, so I'm, me and McNuggets is on the same page. I really think that if he wants to come, he should He'd come. I think yeah. Andrew Barry should go after him. But I, I, in the back of my mind is something that Jason told me, I think last week, that whatever money that they have on the books now, they're going to use that to roll over into next year. Is that correct, Jason? Like, he, he he's comfortable roll, having that security. You can roll the cap year to year. Anything left over one year rolls into next year's cap. Yeah. And so, also, if someone gets hurt to sign someone midseason, you have to have a little cap space open yeah. to, to sign somebody. Like, there, there are reasons financially not to bring him in. My point is, in my opinion, this is, this is all in season. Like, if jobs are on the line, you go all in. You don't care about next year if you don't have next year and, guaranteed. And, and, and why? And why would? And here's the thing about Deshaun Watson. Why would you not like? He he has a say so in in the way his career is going. If he's a per, is if he's a dude that is knows he's behind eight ball once he gets his career back. Why would you sit and not say yeah. I want this guy to come help me out? That's on you too. Like yeah. like what were you thinking about? Oh, what's up, my man? All right, man. So let's give away some tickets again, of course. And then we got let's another read. We got we got the uh, creator of the the new dog logo sitting in the chat, so we can't wait to talk to him. But I'm a NASCAR guy, so the third person to type Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the chat gets the next set of tickets to go see Boogie and his Pittsburgh Baller teammates take on the Birmingham Birmingham Stallions and try to win that championship. Shout out to my man, Delon Hart Jr. Anyway, I know you listening somewhere, my man. I know he is. I, he I just thought, thought you were going to go with Ricky Bobby. I'll be honest. I thought you going to go Ricky Bobby in the chat. But. Don't nobody care about Ricky Bobby. He ain't got more wins than Dale Jr. Dale Jr. got, what, the second most restrictor play victories in NASCAR history? Wait, Ricky Bobby's Talladega Knights. He's not real. Yeah, he? but, but Dale Jr. won more at Talladega than he ever could. <laughs> Don't get me started. I, 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 I didn't see a comparison graphic of fictional Ricky Bobby stats and real Dale Earnhardt Jr. stats. I, that, that's your assignment for tonight. And they Earl. just let a yuppie named Jeff Gordon come take all the records. <laughs> hey, man, don't talk to me about no Jeff Gordon, man. It's all about Earnhardt. <laughs> shout out here. to the DuPont team. All right, we got one more read earlier. And speaking of shout outs, shout out to the Call of Companies Championship. Uh, make sure you go see your favorite legends playing the Call of Companies Championship July 12th through the 16th. At the famous Firestone Country Club is out in Akron. This is a fun, family-friendly event all week long featuring a new fan zone experience. They got free attendance for kids and concerts every night. So there's definitely something there for everyone. Make sure you learn more at callitgolf.com. Get your tickets, and we look forward to seeing you out there. And with that, my man Houston, the creator of the new dog logo, makes his UCSS debut. What's up, my brother? Hey, y'all. How's it going? What's up, man? We're doing good. Houston, my first question is, it's kind of simple, but how does a student from North Texas, the Dallas area, end up creating the Cleveland Browns Dog Pound logo? Well, so I've always been, like, a really big sports design nerd. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, it's what I think about. It's what I do. Um, it's just kind of a, it's just a passion of mine. And uh, when I saw the Browns were having a competition, I was like, well, shit, uh, you know, I, I feel like I, I have the chops to do it. And, you know, I've been a fan of many maligned franchises. I mean, I'm a Lions fan. Uh, I'm from Houston. Oh, wow. Uh, it, it, it's, it's just pain. So, uh, you know, I felt like I could relate. And I wanted to do something that, that, 
that I could uh, I, I could really do something special, you know. Now we gotta get to the paperwork. See, now look, I, you know, I'm, I'm a I'm a marketing guy, and I like to have all my stuff copyrighted. And I need to have everything with a lawyer looking over. Now, please tell me, they give you some sort of residuals. Do you get to keep at least five percent finder's fee for this logo, or you signed all the rights away? No, I, I mean, I, I was compensated. I'm not. I'm okay, not all, all right. You got so you 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 got you got a you got a little bag then. You got a bag. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. As long as. Come on, Jimmy. Do better. Give him some <laughs> tickets too. Come on, man. Like I need to see that. So how long did it take you to come up with this? Um, uh, it took me about a week. Uh, the initial sketch was kind of in a day, and then I worked on it. Just I worked on it more than my schoolwork for that week. Just kind of <laughs> putting it together. Uh, and and um, it's fire. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, no, just about getting the little details right and everything. So okay, so I want to ask you about the details because so you're not technically you didn't really grow up a Browns fan. So all the little subliminal hidden things that you got in there, how did you know what to put in there, and how long did you research have to research like what was important to the city and to the team? Well, so I mean, like as somebody from Houston, I, I've spent a decent amount of time like learning about team relocations and things like that. Um, there's been a couple of there were a couple scares with the Astros right before I was born and the Oilers and everything like that. So um, I didn't really have to research too much about the Browns and their history and all of the stuff that's, you know, uh, that was really important to them. I knew the story of the dog pound just because I've been a really big football fan all my life. And, uh, you know, so it wasn't necessarily that I had to research all these things. Uh, it was just that. Um, it was finding a way to put them in into the logo. That's dope. So now, you, now, you, Deshaun Watson is from Houston. You are currently yes. in Houston. You did the Browns mm -hmm. logo. By default, does that make you now a second or third tier Browns fan? You have to root for us now, right? Like you created the logo. Um, like, you know, I'm more of a, you know, I. I grew up a really big AM fan. So I actually was hype about Manziel and I was hype about Miles Garrett. So I, I'd consider myself a Browns fan kind of through them instead. Um, but, you know, I'm going to be following this year. Like, I'm following. I'm, I'm keeping my eye on them, hoping they win some games because they got a damn good team. They got a damn good team. Um, and I know you all have Jalen Darden, I think, as a reserve wide receiver. Uh, he went to UNT. Shout yep. out, go mean green. Yep. Uh, so you know, I, I, uh, I'm rooting for y'all. All right, Houston. Uh, I have. Hoping for a good year. We got an Aggie guy sitting on the st on the stage. I did work in College Station for a few years. Big A and M guy. I, listen, your logo's phenomenal. It, it came out awesome. Oh, I do hold have, up, hold up. Sorry. I got. Let's go. There you go. Gig him. Uh, no, I, I do have one tiny little qualm with your logo though. I, I, I just gotta ask. This is yeah. the only, you know, we can't have you on and give you all compliments. You stretched Ohio in the dog's right ear to an extent that I'm not quite <laughs> sure it qualifies as the state of Ohio. Uh, kudos to you for trying to squeeze it in. But that, that's the only thing that I thought may have been a little taken out of uh, context. But the fact you got 13 in, yeah, there it is in the, in the, if you're looking at the screen in the left ear, it would be the dog's right ear. Oh, okay. I see it. It's like yeah. it's Ohio-ish. Yeah, it is. It's Ohio-ish. It looked like a T-bone yeah. steak. I thought that was like, remember the uh, TV show Columbo? I thought that was Columbo's pipe, his tobacco <laughs> pipe. Hey, but it came out. It came out dope, Houston. Hey, and we want to show you because you beat out. Well, I think there was over ten thousand submissions, right? If I remember correctly, over I, I, ten thousand. I think it was like four hundred, but I mean, if you want to say ten thousand, sure. Well, that's because they didn't get all of them officially submitted to the correct website. We actually just want to show you. We took a stab at creating our own logos on this show ourselves, oh, okay. and none of us are graphic designers. Or I believe you have hours yeah. ready to queue up. Are you Check serious? These out. Well, you gave us thirty seconds oh, to wait. draw this. I'm just saying, we're gonna take a look. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was mine, I think, right? Yeah, that you was know, yours. I'm yeah, really that was happy mine. you guys. I'm happy you guys had me on. Uh, you know, 
So I, I just critiqued really Ohio. Feel free to I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything bad. Bro, about, no, listen, you can this is trash. Stuff, you know, that I'm, is I'm trash. That, be here. Oh my God, who did that? <laughs> that was mine. Own it. That's mine. I got yeah. your back, bro. We we in it. We behind the glass together. I thought that was a great two layer logo. I thought you. <laughs> I thought you did your thing with that. <laughs> Do we have any others to show uh, Houston how much? Yeah, here, here, here's the one right here. Hey, okay. Okay, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with that one. <laughs> oh wow, dude, that that that's like a that's like the sign they hold up like when you run in uh, no huddle in college, a pack of Newports, a Bud Light, and a Chihuahua. By the way, those Newport Kings, you, you, if, if I used to go to the store for my mother, you had to get the 100s. Those the Kings. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Listen, oh my gosh, you had to go to cigarette runs too, man. Houston, have you been approached by anyone else since this Browns logo became official to? Do some other collabs or creations? You know, not not really, but I'm hoping. Um, you know, I'm I'm always open. My my DMs on Twitter, uh, same name on Instagram. Uh, I have a couple of other things. I have like a website or whatever. And uh, you know, I'm just I'm just sitting there with my with my email open. Have, so have they told you where they're gonna use this? Um, not really. They uh, they invited me out for a game in November. I'm not. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it, and uh, hopefully I'll get to see like where it is in the stadium. I know that it's going to be like used throughout it, but I, I don't know where specifically. Um, we'll see. Who from the Browns organization did you talk to throughout this process? Like, did you ever have a conversation with, you know, Jimmy Haslam about nah. this? Like, I, I doubt nah. it got that high, but like, who throughout the organization ever did you have a communication with or a conversation with? This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Um, I talked to, let's see, I talked to Mark Podolak, the okay. creative director for the Browns. Um, and he's kind of been the main person I've been talking to and through about all this kind of stuff. And uh, he's been, he's been great throughout this entire process uh and and really supportive and just a great guy all around man listen they, they, come on bro they got listen they got you coming out in november you don't even know the team gonna be good by then man you come out in november <laughs> it might be cold as hell out here they at least can get you to this you need an agent you need an agent you need somebody to get you together <laughs> no, bro. No, like, no 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 so i got i get to pick my game i get to pick my game and it's I'm I'm currently in Italy right now. It's like 90 degrees, and then when I go home to Dallas, you, it's gonna be. I was gonna. It's say, gonna what be you doing in Italy? I spent a lot of time in Dallas, and that, I knew that wasn't Dallas. What, what you I, doing I in Italy? Yeah. I'm 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 here for a study abroad trip. I'm actually leaving tomorrow, so I can't wait to get back to that feels like 120 degree weather. <laughs> I I picked I picked the cold, man. I need some of that. <laughs> What the heck? <laughs> See, they y'all y'all people in Texas. Y'all go abroad. Yeah, what it's you mean different. you study abroad? Listen, I was like, I went to OU. <laughs> like, we studied down the street. They barely let me in the building. Like, you, you just go to Italy and just hang. I'm like, this don't. I'm like, either he is somewhere in Greece or Milan. Like, he don't even care that he won the, the, the drawing. He's like, yeah, this is cool. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm when Italy. I sent him the email, I sent Eastern time and Central time. I didn't know I had to send Italian time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Houston, for being able to do that translation on your own, my man. Good gracious. You oh, know. yeah, no, you're good. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, hey, Houston, when you're back in town, let us know. We'd, uh, we'll put some of the, the new Dog Pound logo gear on display here in the set. Enjoy your trip in Italy. Safe travels back, and go Brownies. And giggle. Absolutely. Thank you. Go Browns. Awesome. Giggle. Man, this, this, he's, uh, that's got like, he's 21, that's, that's 21 years old and having that on your resume. That is, 
I was I was shocked when they when that's what came up on the screen, man. He's young. Oh, you, you, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I've never seen him before. He's young. All right, cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate young. it. Awesome. All right, we got yeah, we got five <laughs> minutes left. Earl, do you have a top five? We gonna do final takes. No, we are gonna do some final takes. We really don't get an opportunity to do that too often. So we got we got a three man panel. We got five minutes. This should not take long. Let's go. Man, this is crazy, bro. Do you want me to start? You want to start? I got nothing. Go ahead. I'll come up with something while you're talking. All right, this is gonna be just a wing, straight off the cuff, off the dome. Earl, you know what we say? Preparation overrated. All the show notes I spent last night, this morning making overrated. Why would I do that when I could just fly off the dome? No, real talk. It is the 28th, 29th of June. July 4th is next weekend. We have had maybe two summer days so far this summer. Cleveland, Mother Nature, what the hell are you guys doing? You can't take away my summer from me. I moved here last year. Weather was picture perfect. 80 degrees, no humidity. I was out on the beach as much as possible. I didn't have any friends with pools yet. Now I do, and guess what? have been able to use them. You know why? Because your weather choices have sucked. So this is the final take to you, Mother Nature. Get this Canadian haze out of my face. Get these cloudy nights out of the way. Get the rain. Push it away. I need sunshine. I bought a damn new bike. Guess how many times I've been able to ride this bike? Three times. That's about 15 times not enough for how much I spent on that bike, (laughs) which we're not going to talk about. But it's a good bike. Thanks, Dad, for helping me pay for that. But all in all, where the hell has the summer weather been? It is way too late in the season to not have more summer days. The Guardians games, they've been nice, but you haven't had that real summer feel yet, and we can't be a week away from 4th of July, me looking around saying, I'm wearing jeans and a sweatshirt, and I feel good going out. That is not right. Fix it ASAP. Man. How was that, Earl, for no prep? That was pretty good. Thank Anybody you. got one? I got one. Man, I, I got I, another one if we need it. I got man, one, too. I got one, man. Listen, I... Ah, man, I just, I hate to, you know, I'm sitting here thinking like, man, this dude really, he has a logo. Like he just, put, he just put the logo. Now he might not care today, right? Houston might not care today, but he's going to look back at about 20 years and be like, so you mean to tell me that logo gets printed everywhere. I see it on hats. I see it on shirts. I see it on everything. And I actually contributed to it. Yeah, see, this is this is you know this is the exploitation. This is what the Browns had before. That was the caliber, right there. I don't know why that dog gorilla thing has sparks in his mouth. What is that? That is a cat. That is a cat dog thing. Like this is and why I'm why did, is everything stick but the back got a tail in it? Like I don't know. This is confusing. I, matter of fact, I was dating a girl in college, and every time she would wake up on Friday, she would look like that. <laughs> and I was just like, yo, that's not a good look. But at the end of the day, I, I do say this, man. Come on, man. I hope that they really hooked this young man up. I do too. I hope his bag was over a certain amount of money. I hope the bag was so good that he was able to afford himself to go abroad yeah. to Italy to hang out. Because at the end of the day, come on, man. It was a great logo. I think it's dope. And the only thing I'm asking for is that we're going to have to have that put on the middle of the field. Do not come out here with these regular helmets no more. I don't want to see the Cleveland Browns logo with just an orange helmet. Get that up out of here. At least give me something. You've got, you, Jason hates the elf. A lot of people hate the elf. All I ask for is put something on the field. Give me a 32 with Jim Brown. No, no, we're not going to do that as a graphic anymore. Give me that. Give me that Brown and we're ready to go. All right, Earl, before you go real quick, I got to give Anthony's boy Nick a shout out. Steve, you get a shot of my shirt. This is the coolest Cleveland shirt I now own. Anthony's friend Nick got it for him at a garage sale. It's an extra schmedium on me. <laughs> um, Anthony gave it to me because he was like, there's just not a chance this is going to fit. So he gave it to me. It's the coolest shirt I own. That's Shout a really out. good shape for not, a garage sale yeah, shirt. Yeah. Anthony, get on the mic. This is a garage sale, right? I'm not, I'm not botching the story. So yeah, shout it was out a Nick. yard sale. That's yard what sale, he told garage me. sale. Yeah, so shout out Nick for uh, coming through with the clutch with this Bernie Kozar shirt. Now officially the coolest shirt I own. All right, I'm going to wrap up final takes with this. I know y'all was all like lighthearted, but this is a uh, pretty serious. So I, I run across a lot of people who have a lot of dreams, have a lot of aspirations, but I noticed that they're not willing to do the difficult things necessary to accomplish their dreams. And I think that people need to understand, man. I tell people all the time, be great and spread love. Being great comes with a price. It's not cliche. It's not something that we just say because it sounds good or a cool quote. It truly comes with a, with a price. You got to be willing to blood, sweat, and tears it. 
And the last thing that you want to do is go to your grave and be looking up and knowing that you had all these things that you wanted to accomplish, but you allowed your fear to stop you from taking the necessary steps to get there. You know, without commitment, you won't get started. Without consistency, you will never finish. So if you're a male, female, young, old, and you got any dreams, any aspirations that's out of this world, outlandish, go pursue them. Because as long as you got breath in your body, you can do whatever the hell you want to. You just got to be willing to start. And if you're willing to start and stay consistent, you will accomplish anything that you truly put your mind to. Big facts. Can't yes, say sir. any better. Yes, sir. I know we got to wrap up here. We talked about it earlier in the show. Go check out last night's Behind the Glass. I promise you you'll be entertained, and we will see you on Overtime. Peace. Peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.